Alright, welcome back, Psychonauts. So we have part two of stress. So we talked about all the things that stress us out and all the negative ways that our body and mind and everything reacts to stress. Let's talk about how we cope with stress. And we'll start off with spirituality. So studies have shown that people with strong spiritual beliefs often have less stress than others. So that kind of releasing of responsibility for uncontrollable events in their life is a great stress reliever. So if you can say, you know, all these bad things in life, there is, you know, some kind of outside force that is, uh, you know, responsible for it or can take it away from me or whatever, um, is, is releasing of stress and recognizing that there is more to life than just the here and now relieve stress in some people as well. So spirituality. All right, now there are many other ways. Um, so for instance, just dealing with stress in general, in, in general, people prefer to have predictable stress over unpredictable stress. You would rather know about a test to stress over it than a pop quiz that you didn't know about. So if we can plan for things, it's easier to stress about them. Now also we have behavioral, behavioral control. You cannot control behaviors, um, uh, you, I'm sorry, you cannot control what's going on, but you can control how you behave and how it impacts you. So, uh, for instance, someone annoys you, you can avoid them kind of thing. And building off of this kind of cognitive control or this behavioral control, but cognitive control is if you can't change the situation, you can, you can at least change your way of thinking about it. So. If you get a flat tire, you can get really stressed and have a whole bunch of bad words to say about it. Or you can say, you know what? Well, I have a chance to learn how to change a flat tire kind of thing. So it's um, kind of finding a positive outlook on something. All right, so we've talked about our behavioral control, our cognitive control. Let's talk about emotional control. And this is the ability to respond to different experiences with a different range of emotions. And this kind of goes back to our emotional intelligence that we've talked about. And we generally try to do this in a manner that is socially acceptable. So, um, and speaking of socially acceptable, another way of dealing with stress is social support. Um, and information that makes people feel they are cared for. Um, loved, respected, and part of a network of communication and mutual obligation that is social support and social grouping is very helpful in dealing with stress and decreases stress. Um, family, friends, colleagues, coworkers, therapeutic groups, and organizations, these are all groups that are part of a support system that can help people. And there are four aspects of a good social support system social group. First, um, and, and also, I'm sorry, that they, they have these different aspects, but they don't all need to have these aspects. Not every group will have those. So just kind of for clarification. So uh, first, emotional support. All right, now certain social groups can provide that, which is listening, offering affection and concern while raising the stressed, uh, stressed person's self-confidence. Second, this is appraisal support. This is interactive. The listener... Uh, the listener's feedback, information, and probing questions to the stressed person um, is an aid in helping out with sorting through difficult times, understanding, and planning to deal with the sources of the stress. Third, informational support. The stressed person responds to what they have learned and evaluates the manner in which they are dealing with the stressors. And fourth, 
the last one here, instrumental support. This is the action. This represents active, positive support in the form of direct help such as money or living quarters. So first, the emotional one. That's just listening. Second is that interactive. All right, this is asking questions, kind of, kind of going back and forth and just kind of listening and providing understanding. Third, this is kind of that um, informational, like getting more information and helping to evaluate and, you know, kind of guiding them. And then the fourth, that instrumental, they are taking an active role in helping them to deal with it. Like, look, here's your problem. I'm going to help you with that problem. This is what I'm going to do to deal with it. Now, we've been kind of um, dabbling with this already, but we're going to make it a little bit more concrete moving forward here. We're going to be talking about defensive coping strategies. So we have a whole bunch of them here, so just bear with me. So um, as we said earlier, um, we've talked about appraisal. So cognitive appraisal, this helps us to determine the stress impact of the event. All right, so when we are getting these coping strategies together, all right, we are going to determine the stress impact of the event. All right, intellectualization, the person watches and analyzes the situation from an emotionally detached standpoint to kind of figure out what to do. And that leads us to these concrete defensive mechanisms. All right, and definition time, a defense mechanism. Certain specific means by which we unconsciously protect ourselves against unpleasant impulses or circumstances. And they defend, um, they defend ourselves from experiencing anxiety about failing in tasks of our lives kind of thing. All right, so our first one we're gonna go over is rationalization. This involves making up acceptable excuses for behaviors that cause us to feel anxious. We've talked in the past about excuses and how they help you know, protect us, essentially. So for instance, the test questions were bad. They didn't make sense. Rather than admitting, eh, maybe I didn't really study for that test. All right, our next one, repression. A person, a person simply pushes disturbing thoughts and memories out of awareness without ever even really realizing it. When a person has painful memories and unacceptable thoughts and motives that cause the ego to uh, too much anxiety, a person may then push those thoughts or urges out of the consciousness and down into the unconscious. Uh, for instance, or a little example here, a person who is afraid of a dentist forgets that they have a 3 p.m. appointment until they suddenly remember that night when the dentist is already closed. Have you ever, like, kind of avoided a text message? Because, you know, you see it on your phone. There's a little notification. It's there. But you don't really want to, you want to ignore it kind of thing. So you conveniently forget about it. All right, the next one, denial. We're not talking about Egypt pause for laughter. All right, continuing. Denial. A person refuses to accept the reality of something that makes you anxious, like that you're not funny. <laughs> All right, let's give an actual example here. People may exhibit denial when they hear bad news about their own health or the health of a loved one. They're just like, you know what? No, I, I don't agree. That's not how it is. That's not going to be the case. All right, our next one projection. Inner feelings are thrown or projected outside the self and assigned to others. So an example here. A boy who is extremely jealous of his girlfriend uh, but does not want to admit to himself that he is threatened by her independence may claim, quote, I'm not jealous. She's the one who's always asking where I've been, who that girl was I was talking to. She's the one who's jealous. All right. You're not jealous. I'm not jealous. You're jealous kind of thing. It, it, 
work. And I stumbled upon my words. You can see how much it didn't work. So. All right, moving forward here. Reaction formation involves replacing an unacceptable feeling or urge with the opposite one. Have you ever put on a front or acted confident when you really were scared or not confident? That's reaction formation. So it's like, ha, I'm not doing well at all. Ha, 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 ha. And you like smile and laugh and stuff, but really you're kind of hurting on the inside kind of thing. All right, regression. Going back to an earlier and less mature pattern of behavior. When a person is under severe pressure, they may start acting in ways that help them in the past. Um, I hope you don't do this, but would be like throwing a temper tantrum, making faces, crying loudly, or reverting to eating and sleeping all the time the way they did as a small child. So it worked when you were little, so I guess your brain just goes, all right, it'll work again. All right, our next one, displacement. When you cannot take out your anger on the source of your frustration, so you displace it or take it out on a less powerful person. Example, if you wanted to hit your, uh, you know, uh, some kind of leader in your life, uh, a, um, uh, a teacher or something like that, but you were afraid to because, you know, don't hit teachers, you might uh, take it out on a younger sibling instead. Please don't hit anyone, just for the record. All right, sublimation. Redirecting a forbidden desire into a socially, sociable, socially acceptable desire. Sorry, as I record this, it's getting a little late. My mind is uh, not firing on all cylinders here, but a little example for you guys. You may be very frustrated by your friend's uh, arrogant attitude. Instead of getting angry with them, you work out extra hard at a sporting practice event or workout or whatever. You have channeled your aggression um, into something productive and uh, a physical activity usually. All right, now we have, uh, besides our defensive strategies here, we have some active coping strategies. So for instance, hardiness. This is a combined personality traits of control, commitment, and challenge. Um, so the three C's, CCC, and usually when I say the CCC, I'm talking about FDR and the Civilian Conservation Corps. But anyhow, these C's, control, commitment, and challenge, they help us to reduce the stress that we feel. So for instance, the first C, control. This involves feel the feelings that we have the ability to affect the outcome of the situation. So if I just, you know, look, I'm in control, I'm doing okay. All right, commitment, the establishing and pursuing our goals that, all right, I see an end, I'm going to get there, and I'm going to set up goals along the way, and I'm going to persevere and get to each one of them, all right? And challenge. We actively confront and solve problems instead of feeling threatened or powerless because of them. Look, this is just a challenge. I've, I have goals. I have control of the situation. I can get to the end. This is a challenge that I can overcome. I know I can do it, kind of thing. All right. So some more coping strategies for you here um, uh, and, and kind of the examples going with them. So active coping. I take additional action to try to get rid of the problem, right? Planning. I come up with a strategy about what to do. Suppression of competing activities. I put aside other activities to concentrate on the problem at hand. Restraint coping. I force myself to wait for the right time to do whatever it is that I need to do. All right, seeking social support. I talk to someone about how I feel, guidance and expressing. Positive reinterpretation and growth. 
I look for the good in what is happening. All right, I, I find a positive. Remember, a positive appraisal was kind of an example of this. Acceptance. I learn to live with it. All right, look, it's here. It's not going anywhere. I can deal with it. Turning to religion. All right, we talked about that one earlier. I seek spiritual help. That kind of letting go of responsibility for stuff, or just seeing a you know something else out there kind of thing. Venting of emotions. I get upset and I let my emotions out. Remember, we talked about not holding things in earlier. Denial, one we've talked about as well. I refuse to believe that this has happened. All right, probably not the most positive one, but it is a coping strategy. Behavioral disengagement. I give up the attempt to get what I want. So it's like, look, I'm just disengaged here. No more. I just, it's not going to happen. All right, and these next next two are really bad as well, kind of thing. So we're kind of getting into the bad coping strategies here. Mental disengagement. I turn to work or other substituted activities to take my mind off of whatever the problem is. So I just bury myself in my work. And finally, alcohol drug disengagement. I drink alcohol or take drugs to think about it less. So these are kind of escapist ones. So we started off good with our coping strategies, but then we got into the bad ones. So not all strategies are the best. So let's get into problem solving, all right? Involves a rational analysis of the situation that will lead to an appropriate decision. So as we talked about earlier uh, throughout all of this, is kind of having that goal and that commitment, that challenge and stuff uh, are gonna be very helpful. So. If we analyze, analyze things from a rational standpoint, it can make our life a lot better. And the explanatory style, Martin Silling, Silligman describes two very different styles of thinking. So, um, and, and this kind of goes with personalities, I guess, the optimist and the pessimist. So the optimist, this person typically puts the best face on any set of events, so always looking for that positive, all right? Then the pessimist. This person always sees the dark side or the negatives about things. So um, depending on how you view the world and things depends on how you're going to deal with stress. Another way of dealing with stress is humor. All right, Stress management experts often advise clients to try to maintain a sense of humor uh, during difficult situations. Laughing releases the tension of pent-up feelings. Uh, it can help you keep a proper perspective of the situation. Uh, one you may have heard before is gallows humor, and um, it kind of gets its name from like the gallows, like uh, where, where people are are hanged from nooses, hung from nooses, hanged, hung. Sorry, uh, English not so good. Um, humor and, and gallows humor definition: humor that makes fun of a life-threatening, disastrous, or terrifying situation. So you see this in movies a lot, where. You know, things are not looking good for the main characters and someone cracks a joke kind of thing and they laugh and it's like, it's a bad situation, but there's still that kind of little bit of humor. It, it helps us to deal with whatever is the bad kind of thing. All right, relaxation um, is another big one and there's different types of relaxation. Progressive relaxation, um, and gosh, this goes back to some of our earlier podcasts, but lying down and then tensing and relaxing each major muscle group uh, in turn in our body helps us uh, to release stress. Mental relaxation, exercises in which a person conjures up images and then lets them go. So it's uh, very much a mental uh, relaxation. 
Exercise can also help with reducing uh, stress, just that physical uh, exertion um, can help. Uh, support groups and professional help, as we mentioned earlier, uh, social support is a huge one in reducing stress, uh, but professional help, uh, social support groups can help a lot as well. And a lot of this has to do with improving interpersonal skills. Most of our stress comes from interacting with others in different social situations and so forth. So by getting rid of those, we can, or just, I don't know, getting rid of them or just feeling how to better deal with different social situations can help us out a lot. So um, the last little bit I'm going to leave you guys with is, uh, and this kind of goes with our social situations and maybe different ways that we can um, deal with them. So we have irrational thoughts when we uh, analyze social situations. Some of us, some people, and, and this is maybe some constructive alternatives to dealing with them. So for instance, an irrational assumption, everyone must approve of what I do. All right, so we are constantly seeking approval from others. I mean, or at least some people do. So here's a constructive alternative to that. I should concentrate on my own self-respect. All right, irrational assumption. I must do everything to perfection all the time. Constructive alternative. I am a perfectionist. I have limitations and that's okay. All right, irrational assumption. Things must be the way I want them to be. Kind of like a control freak. All right, constructive alternative. There are some situations that I cannot control. It's better to concentrate on matters that I can control. Irrational assumption. Unhappiness is inevitable. Constructive alternative. Unhappiness is the result of how I look at things. Perspective. Irrational assumption. I need someone stronger than I am to rely on. Constructive alternative. I must rely on myself and act independently when necessary. Irrational assumption. The world should be fair and just. Constructive alternative. Although I can try to be fair and just in my, in my behavior, sometimes the world is not fair. Irrational assumption. I should worry about dangerous and fearsome things, like a worrier, a constant worrier. Constructive alternative. I realize that I can face what I consider fearful, um, and try, uh, fearful situations and try to render it as non-dangerous. I can look at it differently and approach the situation differently. Irrational assumption. There always, uh, there's always a perfect solution out there that I should find. Constructive alternative. Life is filled with probability and chance. I can enjoy life even though sometimes no perfect solution um, to the problem exists. All right. Irrational assumptions. I promise there's only two more. I should not question authority or social beliefs. Constructive alternative. It's better to evaluate situations and beliefs for myself. And finally, a rational assumption. It's better to avoid difficult and stressful situations. Constructive alternative. There is no easy way out. I need to face my problems and work on solutions. So hopefully this little uh, podcast wasn't too stressful for you and got to learn a couple things along the way. So I am just here at the 20 minute mark, which works pretty well because I am all done with this one. So I hope you enjoyed and I will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening.